Well, welcome to Really Your Marriage Can Get Better, the podcast about how really your marriage can, can get, get better. better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joel, and I'm here with my awesome friends, uh, the Brights, Richard, Richard and Sherry. Yeah. So we wrote a book together, and what we've been doing in this podcast is just trying to replicate what it was like writing the book together, where we just sat around, sat around, and just talked about things we've learned in our lives, and Sherry will come up with an idea, Richard will come up with an idea, it'll combine with something I've thought of, and. Uh, and it's just, it's been a fun process. We thought we'd share that in this podcast. And to th- this podcast episode is one of those ones that I, I know you're very prone to turn it off as soon as I say the title of it, okay? I want to beg of you, don't turn off the podcast because what we're going to talk about right now is the, one of the biggest, biggest keys to taking your marriage at any place it's at right now to the next level. Richard, do you want to say the word? Don't turn it off. For give forgiveness and the whole the whole premise of that first part of the book is the idea that you know god loves a cheerful giver and there's a verse in second corinthians it talks about giving uh god love god says to give cheerfully not out of um compulsion or not being forced to do it so the the thing we talk about when you want to get your marriage started on a good track is ask yourself what can i give without resentment without bitterness cheerfully to get the ball rolling because then it says God's able to, his grace is able to abound, abound in you, but it starts with you taking the first step. And we've seen this over and over again. And I mean, you guys' story is an example of this, that until you choose to forgive, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's just nowhere you can like go. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere but down from failing to forgive. So give me your thoughts on that. Isn't forgiveness, unforgiveness, you know, I remember hearing, unforgiveness is from Satan and forgiveness is from God, you know? And I I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm just so full of Satan because, you know, forgiving people is just the hardest thing to do because you've been hurt. And, you know, I grew up old, old Testament, man. It was an eye for an eye. (laughs) Code of Hammurabi. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, how can I get even, you know, and not getting even with people. And the first person to not get even with is your spouse because, you know, I, my whole life I got even somehow if you did something to me, I was going to make you pay whether you knew it or not. You know, I remember getting even with people and they're like, man, did you hear the man I got out? My, all four of my tires were flat. And I'm like, you're kidding. Who did that? You know, so if, I was gonna say if you're listening to this podcast and it was you, I, for, you know, please forgive me. You know? I was thinking about like when we first were together and we, there was no forgiveness about anything. And I, and it would be like, you know, what's better than resentment? You know, what's better than revenge? <laughs> Nothing. Revenge is better than revenge. Like, <laughs> Which, so, I just want to get revenge. So this is why we, we, we kind of labeled this under the tipping to giving category because revenge is a tipping arrangement. It's a transactional arrangement. Yeah. You treat me good, yep. I'll treat you good. When right. I'll, I'll give you 20% if you yeah. keep the cup yeah, filled, yeah, if you right. keep my yeah, plate yeah, yeah. warm. No, you know, all no cement shoes for yeah, you. Right. <laughs> right. But on the other end, the other end of that mindset is you don't treat me right. I don't think I'll yeah. be treating you right. Yeah, exactly. And the, the shift we talk about from tipping to giving is, is the, the shift that really is the way God loves us is, hey, yeah, man, you're just not loving me the way you should, God's saying, but I'm going to keep loving you because that's what real love does. And I, that's why we put forgiveness under there because I think the ultimate act of giving is saying, yep, I'm going to give even though you have repeatedly hurt me. Yeah. 
Um, and again, there, there, this is what's tricky about this too, because there are elements of like, we talked about this in physical abuse and emotional abuse. There are times you need to get away from that. But even when you get away from that, there's going to have to be an emotional component of I'm going to choose. And it's, it's, it seems so unjust letting yes. them off the hook. Right. It's they not right. Pay. It's not right that they did X or Y or Z. And that's the challenge of forgiveness. And What's really hard is in marriage, it's such a close relationship that, man, nobody can hurt you like your spouse. Right. Oh, man. Right. And, and, you know, if no one's, if, if you know, like I said, on one of the other podcasts that we did, my parents were married 55 years. You think, oh, you had such a great um, parental, you know, you had such a great model of marriage, but they, I never saw them resolve conflict. I never saw them work. Thing. I, I don't know. I don't know how they did it. They just existed in the same house. And so I didn't have those skills. How do you forgive someone? How do you let, let them off the hook? And, and, you know, it just, it was just so dysfunctional, you know, of how, how do you do that? How do you give someone, how do you forgive someone when they're not doing something that you get back, you know? And so now, you know, 17 years later, I realize that God goes about changing us in such drastic different ways than we could ever imagine you know that that forgiveness seems so unnatural you know like i said i i wanted revenge i wanted them to feel the pain that they made me feel you mm -hmm. know because that would at least momentarily that would make me feel better you know that they suffered as much as i did and i i put sherry under so much stuff i mean just so many things that i did uh, in our marriage in the very beginning that was just so hurtful and so um, just non-caring, you know, and she would just give that grace and give that grace. But sometimes it came begrudgingly. But man, I remember when she started to shift and that forgiveness started to come sin with sincerity. Like I, I could tell the difference. It wasn't like, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. Backed into your car, didn't know you were there. Mm. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yes, you did. You just smashed into my car because you wanted to smash into my car. But I knew the sincerity was there, and when you feel that sincerity, then you know that that's God using her to forgive me because I knew, I knew in my heart of hearts, my spirit man told me, you don't deserve this kind of forgiveness. You don't deserve, or that might have been Satan telling me, you don't deserve this kind of love. But I think that was God speaking to me, saying, I'm loving you enough that you know that you shouldn't have that love, but man, she's going to give it to you anyway because she loves me. And that was that's when I was talking earlier in our earlier segment about God working through my heart and working through my spirit and talking to me the most is when I messed up the most and she forgave the most. Mm. And it wasn't the... I'll forgive you, but I'm going to get even with you because that's, you we know, that for so yeah, years. <laughs> you know, and but I think when, when I, one day I came, I don't know. And it wasn't like, Oh wow, Sherry, he always makes it sound so, um, right. Angelic or so biblical. Like Sherry came to me in her white robe and her halo with, and the sun was, you know, I think I was just tired. You know, I, I felt like I had nothing else to give. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, there, there was a lot, a lot of years of struggle with so many things, but pornography was just always this thing that just caused so much hurt and pain in our 
marriage. And I just remember one day saying, you know what? I don't get it anymore. I'm tired of chasing. I'm tired of tired of trying to catch you. I'm tired. I was like a private detective. You know, people, I used to tell Richard, I could open, he said he called it one blonde detective. What do you call it? One blonde detective agency. How can I help yeah. you? How can I, mean, I catch him for you? <laughs> I spent my life trying to catch him, do stuff, find, be in the wrong place, buying the wrong things, doing the wrong. And it just stole so much joy from me. It wasn't helping. And the more that I did that, the more he became more sneaky. He became, it didn't help him to, to get better. It pushed him further Uh away. And so one day I just said, I don't know why this is all happening. I don't know what's happening in your past or what's, I don't get it. I feel like I'm a victim. I've played the victim for so many years, but I'm just tired. And I just, you must on some level, be a victim too. Something's happened in your life. What's happened? And I, I'm, this is our problem. This is not just your problem. This is our problem. And I'm going to, I don't know how, but somehow I want to walk through this. And I think that was a big, that was big a big change. turning point. And at that point in time, I, I think I knew, did we know what our love language was then? Because yeah, yeah. I remember her putting her hand on my knee yeah. and, and just looking into my eye with all sincerity and saying that, you know, this is our problem. There are no doors and windows in this marriage. We are anything that bags. we come through, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anything that we come through and we're going to do it together. You know, this is our marriage, our problem, and we're going to work through it. You yep. know, I love you and I forgive you. That and was kind of the forgiving before. That, yeah. yeah, that's it. And that's a huge point because you talked a second ago, Richard, about kind of the self-perpetuating cycle that unforgiveness creates. Mm-hmm. So it's, she does something really hurts you. So you do something that really hurts her, which hurts her in return. So she's like, I'm going to do it. And it's the only way to stop it. You tell a story in the book, you talk about how, um, uh, it was quite a regular thing that you would say, all right, it's time for me to leave. Yeah. I'm tell no, about it that. wasn't like that. It was like, I'm out, I'm leaving. I'm gone. I, I am moving out. And so I'd pack all my stuff and I'd get the, back then they had the, what they called the green sheet, which was like a classified free ad thing you could get. It was full of classified ads and it had apartments and furniture and all this stuff. So I'd get it out and I'd start circling with a red pen, you know, the, the apartments that I was going to move into, or maybe a dresser or different things that, that, and I'd leave it out so he could see it. So he knew I was seriously leaving this yeah, time. It's, it's you kind know? of a little poke at him, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I would see it and I'm like, hmm. And, you know, to be the prideful, uh, the the forgiving man that I am, I start circling some in a different color ink going, this one's furnished. You know, you can move out today. (laughs) Right. But in my heart, I didn't want her to go anywhere. And you were getting hurt by it. I was getting hurt by it. Yeah. But pride has a way of making it to where you don't feel pain. You don't see pain. You just want, you just want, I didn't know he was hurting. Right. Because he just showed was I being just a sarcastic, just a jerk. And I thought, Oh, he didn't even care. And which makes me really want to leave now because I think he hates me and everything. And I, and it's just this, I really thought he'd be like, don't let the back door hit you where the good Lord split you, you know, and all that. Hey, Richard Hayes, when I say that, but it was, <laughs> and that's just the, the same Joel. When I told you that, remember you were like, I never even heard that before. <laughs> Cause he's a, he's a Cause good, he was a good Christian boy. He was ready. That's right. We have very different backgrounds. <laughs> so, but that's a really good point. What you just said there is Richard's showing his, and this is what I've seen in counseling too. Um, the stronger someone looks, they're probably mm. deep inside, deeply wounded because what they're trying to do is just protect any vestiges of anything left in them that, that they don't want people to see how vulnerable and weak they feel inside. Right. And and a lot of times we see, man, my husband is this heartless, you know, right. three, three letters, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, but reality is 
they're probably deeply hurting right. because if they're still with you, they still have a desire to be there, right? Other than if they were truly heartless, they probably would have just left. Totally. Yeah. Right. And we keep using the same broken tools trying to fix our marriage yes. that we can't fix yet. And we've been trying for year after year after year. And you hear people, oh, get different tools, get do, do something. You've got to do something different. I just wish I had known just an inkling that he cared back then because I just think of the cycle that we did for years. We played this game with each other. I mean, there's times I actually I would leave and I'd be gone for days and he wouldn't even know where I was. You know, couldn't get a hold of me. He's blowing up my phone and just anything to hurt him because I blowing really up thought, your phone, meaning lots of messages, calling yeah, yeah, not, not, <laughs> not literally. Not literally you know? If I could have, I would have. He's like, you know? I can remotely detonate your yeah, phone. Yeah, I would have done it. At first it would be like, uh, good, glad you're gone. Or he wouldn't even answer, you know, he wouldn't send me anything. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, please come yeah, home. after a couple of days he was going, please come home, please come home. It's like the know? classic movie. Right. Thing, like yeah. the hate, right. I hate you. Never come yes, back. Never come I'm back. sorry. Please right. come yes, back. Yes. All the plants are dying. Yes. I'm dying. <laughs> I don't My know where the dead. dog food is. <laughs> <laughs> But, but we didn't know this. And so we played this game of me because I, I was fight or flight. You know, he wants to fight and I'm out. And so we didn't know if I had just known that he later now when we talk about it, I think you were hurting them like that was you right. didn't want me to go. How did you not tell me that? You know, and he's like, well, I said, I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I, I wanted us to, to be I better. I wanted to express that. I wanted but us man, to get better. God's game, the way God set up marriage is no, 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 no. Set pride down and yeah, yeah, that vulnerability, pick that up. Pick right. that up and be transparent, be vulnerable, go deep, you know, show your hurt, show your cards. And man, we've been hurt in our life for so long that man, every time we show our cards, it seems like we get hurt more. Right. So by the time we get married, we have we've shown everybody our cards. They know they know when we're calling, they know everything. And God puts us with somebody who's going to help heal that. Yeah. And we don't know how to manifest that healing. Well, because we think that person's against us. You know, right. we're like, I'm not going there. Like, they're trying to change me, trying to hurt me. There was a lot of resentment for Richard and I because when we first met, like we were saying earlier, but we were, oh, you understand me? I understand you. You know, you got that 20% that I didn't have the first last marriage I was in and everything looks good. And and so we, we didn't, we weren't playing real life. We were just playing this fantasy yeah. of living in partying and just so when real life set in and we had the kids and we had bills and we had to go back to reality and it wasn't you know just a love fest all the time he became very resentful to me because now i'm not the cool girlfriend anymore now i want to be a wife you know yeah what do you mean our foundation can't be built out of sand <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to talk about the uh the idea of one of the things we talk about in the book is the idea that um when you when you fail to forgive, there's this crazy verse when you know Jesus is always he's the kind, loving guy, right? But then he has some things that he says, you're like, whoa, that's really intense. And he tells this one parable about this guy who's been forgiven a lot of money by a king. Then he goes out and strangles this other dude uh, because the guy owes him you know 20, 30 bucks, throws him in prison. Um, the king gets mad, calls him back in and says, What are you doing? I forgave you all this stuff and you didn't even forgive this guy. And then he says, Throw him into prison so he'll be tortured. And that's so fascinating. They talked about the word torture because doesn't it feel like that when you think over and over again about the injustice that somebody did to you? It really does feel like torture. The worst part is they did it once. Like the offense is a one-time event. Being offended is an ongoing event. Yes. That's a decision, right? Yeah. So like the one, the offense is a one-time thing. The being offended is an ongoing thing where, that you've decided to do. And how often do we torture ourselves 
I mean, not only just, we think we're holding it over our spouse, right? We're I'll show them. I'm never going to forgive them for that. And they've moved on. They're like, whatever. They may not even know they hurt you. That's the crazy part about it. Sometimes they don't even realize how they hurt you. Right. And if you don't articulate it, they should know, they should have known. You're walking around. You don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. You're walking around with your mind just building this case against your spouse. You're angry, you're furious, and in the meantime, you're just basically torturing yourself, right, and right. it's self-imposed. Yeah, That's especially the hard if part. they're sevens, because they've definitely gone all yeah, their life. They're, they're free, on. they're happy, they're like, oh, wait, we fought this morning? Like, what was it about? <laughs> and we're like, okay, hold on, I got a whole list. <laughs> That's, Sit down. That, I think, but what, what's fascinating to me, though, is why do you think we hold on to that yeah. torture? Because we don't know how to let it go. We don't know how to, we don't know how to process it, mm. right? And... We, I think we take it out on our spouse. This is just something, because I've been thinking about this, Joel, for so long. I think we're trying to make our spouse pay for all the other injustices that we've ever had in our whole entire life because we've got it all, and we, 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 we've gathered all this baggage our whole entire life. It's got to be unpacked, right? We've, yeah. it, we, we've got to unpack it somewhere. It's going to come out somewhere, it's yeah. It's going to come out somewhere. So now... But here you go. Start going through it. Let's start unpacking it. And as they do, and they unpack it the way they see it, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is a you know, this is how this needs to be put away." Oh, no, 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 no! Don't ever touch that. You know, we just don't know how to process it with each other. Well, and I think if you don't know how Christ loves you, like if we, if you don't have that, yes. You can't give that to someone else, and you can't receive that from someone else. Because I would think uh, Richard didn't trust that anybody could love him like that. Like I would, ne- I would tell him, I would never do that to you. I love you. Like I do all this for you. I, he would, he couldn't believe that people w- that another person would really love him like that without somehow. I don't know. There was ulterior motive, or somehow it was gonna. It's you know, a tipping it idea. Yeah. Well, they're, clearly they're expecting something yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. What's me. What's yeah. in it? Like, yeah. there's something. This doesn't last. It's not true. And I would think, gosh. But we know now, looking back, because if you if God if you don't know God loves you, you don't have a relationship with God like that. If you don't know that God loves you no matter what, and that He loves you unconditionally, and He loves you just like He couldn't. There's no way he could have received that from me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's not you. You said it's not natural. Right. Like that that mindset is not natural. Like no. Wait, you give even if they haven't. Right. That's it's, but yeah. it's supernatural. Yes. yes. And those are the little things that we need to be listening for. Those supernatural things that when we say that's just not natural. Wait a minute. That's supernatural. Do it because that's God talking to you. Then you activate the you promise. Activate it. Yeah. Yes. Activate it's that like promise. Kind of like a guy we know that wrote a book and he was like talking about writing things in black and then if you write it in red, <laughs> you know, oh it's supernatural. Gosh. Wait, you know wait. We called vision map. Joel, mom. Yes. We did that. And some of the yeah, red things did. that we wrote down that could only be God have so many of them have happened. Well, and and, and, and things that we would, were dreaming for and wishing for. But if we just look in our marriage of where God's healed us, the things that were in black and the things that God did there in the red even if we didn't actually have a list for that just to look think of that in black and red it's supernatural what god did mm. for our life and how can him- somebody reach you joel to get vision map uh well i mean it's, it's on uh in you know anywhere books are sold or you can get it on <laughs> amazon um but then you've also if you want to i've got a regular you, you guys have one too uh, i've got a regular um blog i send out every monday all you got to do is text joel mom j-o-e-l-m-a-l-m to four four two two two, and then it'll just reply and just put in your email. But uh, that's the way that's the way you can do that. But so real quick, now that we've done the amazingly perfectly positioned promo, um, <laughs> we talked about 
this forgiveness idea. And one of the things I wanted to bring up in is in counseling. Um, when I've walked people through forgiveness, one of the biggest challenges I've found is, is the first thing you've got to do when you, when you're going to like forgive someone is you've got to admit how they hurt you. And I have seen powerful men like CEOs of corporations that when we get to this point, their voice cracks or they start crying when they have to admit, man, you really violated my trust because we don't want to admit that somebody has any kind of that, that power Control, over us. Yeah. And especially if you're a strong person, you know, and he's like, yeah. you know, like my dad wasn't there when he should have been. He wasn't at my baseball games because he was more focused on this or that, or my, my mom let me down. Or I think one of the biggest challenges in forgiveness is that right there, because you have to, one of the keys to forgiveness is you have to acknowledge how it hurt you and what was taken from you. And then you've got to grieve what was taken from you. And man, that is a rabbit hole, especially for a, a type seven. You're like, I don't want to go down yeah. the emotional yeah. abyss. Let's right. just move Let's along. Move on. Yeah. Can we just have a hot dog instead? <laughs> right. He, he would all, that's, that's a great point because there were times where, where he just wanted to, something would happen and I'm like, okay, I forgive you, but I still need to some maybe talk about it or there's going to be triggers or can we talk about the details and work through it? And he was like, oh, why can't you just trust me? Just let it go. Like, let it go. Like, let's right. get past it. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think we're supposed to just get past it and get over it. Like, we've got to be able to talk about it and it doesn't have to be screaming and yelling and all this. It's just like, let's be like two adults and just have a conversation. And I want to be able to tell you, and I know it hurts you, but you hurt me, but it hurts me. So we had to be able to get to that point. And that was such a big change for us when we could talk about, now we can talk about all of that stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah. And it's just so easy to have conversations. About that's, it. I think that's one of the most important things too, is this idea that, well, I mean, this is a myth. I, I, I talk about this all the time um, it, that we, we think it's forgive and forget, but psychologically you can't forget. No. Your brain is always going to remember. And it's like trying to, hey, Richard, forget a red elephant. Right. Richard, right. forget a red elephant. <laughs> forget that red elephant. <laughs> Why is that red elephant coming after <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you don't forgive you don't and forget, forget because you'll right. never forget. It's but what you there. do as a Christian is you forgive and choose to remember yeah. with forgiveness. Yes. So what happens is the, the, the offense will come back around. And I've seen this with a lot of people that I've coached. If something traumatic happens, like you found out your, your spouse is having an affair and it happens in March or something. Don't be surprised if every March you have this yeah. deep depression come over you. And it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. It just means you forgive and you've got to choose to remember and say, nope, you know what? Jesus forgave me and I chose to forgive them just like he chose to forgive me. And you don't feel, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that means that if you're feeling condemnation um, that you haven't forgiven, uh, th that's not from God, right? So you forgive and you just remind yourself of the decision you made. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, it's so simple, but it's so hard. Well, it's so simple, but it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. Yes, you know? that's true. That's exactly that's what the it better is. Way and, to say and, it. and it's, it's, um, gosh, I just had a great thought about that. Um, is that you, you get a trigger for something and it hurts, but it's that decision you have to decide. It doesn't, like you're saying, it doesn't mean that you're not still hurting from it. But I would tell Richard, I've got too many, like, I believe God's got too many plans for us, too much things on our plate, too many things that we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be serving people, helping. Like we've got a mission. I, we don't have time to be stuck in this pain. And because people will tell, tell us all the time, couples will say, um, I can't forgive them. I just can't, I just can't get it out of my head. Right. I can't stop thinking. I can't. And I'm like, you can't do it on your own. Again, it's that white knuckle thing. You've got to press into God and you, and you have to make a decision. And I believe we can, we can choose to like you said, to forgive them. How did you, how do you say that? You forg forgive and remember with forgiveness. Remember with forgiveness. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. That's the perfect analogy is it's not you, your brain is still your brain. I mean, I can still remember things that hurt me, but 
they don't, but they don't, fe- I don't feel like they hurt me. Like I can see them, but it's just like God has healed that part. And I guess probably it's because we choose to not let it go there. You well, know? It, it goes back to that. God is able to make grace abound to yeah. you when you're willing to take yep. the steps yep. in faith with no guarantee of the outcome, he's yeah. able to make grace yeah. abound you. Like he's like verse we based the whole section off. Yeah. Until you give up your control. Until mm. you mm. until you give up your control. You know, I remember watching, we were uh, at a backstage in, in agreement, and I was watching Pastor Jimmy Evans, and he was talking, and he said, you know, if you wore a sign around your neck of all the sin that you've ever created and mm. you've done, you would be hard-pressed to find one friend, one person that would accept you. And he goes, but yet Jesus says, I forgive you so that you can forgive. That helped me immensely give up my control and say, you know what? Who Jesus has forgiven me of some stuff. Yeah. And so how can I hold a grudge against my wife? How can I not forgive her when he's forgiven me? Because sometimes it's hard to remember that somebody forgave us first. Yeah. You know? Which is, I mean, that's a, that's a, we talked about knowing yourself in another podcast and one of the most important things you can do. And and one of the most important things you can do is really get in. Uh, Carl Jung here, my psychology side called it your, your shadow side. Like we've all got some dark stuff in us. And if you refuse to admit the dark stuff in you, then you're going to think that, you know, you've never done anything wrong. I'm a, I'm a good person, right? Well, <laughs> let's be honest, right? And if you're that kind of a person, like, right, yeah, right. Uh, you know, there's only one good person. Look what That's they right. did to him. Yeah. So, and, there, and some of you feel like, well, I am being crucified right. by my spouse. Oh my no, God. get over yeah, it, get over it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that is so important that you recognize what Christ did for you. And I mean, uh, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And that's that idea, forgive, to, be, to give beforehand. Mm. And when you come in with that mindset that I'm not, Sherry says this all the time, I'm going to be unoffendable. Yes, I live just, unoffended. Yeah. Live unoffended. And man, what a peace that brings. Yeah. And, and even if, if your marriage, it takes two, three, four years to get it where you really want it to be, if you can just start with that, living unoffendable by basically saying, no matter what he dishes out, no matter what she dishes out, I've chosen before to give grace. Before give, yeah, it's a it's a marriage changer. It's a life changer. Well, I yeah, it's living unoffended. That just you're just not gonna. Allow. I remember when she first said that to me. I was like, uh, I'm offended that you're asking me to live unoffended. <laughs> and it's hard to live unoffended. I mean, you have to make a conscious effort. It then, is. You know what? It's, it's believing the best it. about a person. That, and I was gonna say that's exactly the word I was thinking of. Is is that goodwill? Is that when you know that your spouse has goodwill? At the end of the day. You want the same things. You have goodwill. I think, wow, <laughs> even if I get mad at him or I want to be offended by something or think, oh, why did we even, I mean, there's days even now we think, why did we even get married? Well, how did we pick this person? <laughs> like he's, you know, like God's given, all these things are happening in our life, but we are just too much of an opposite, you know? And like, No, it's, we have goodwill. Like we have, I know he has goodwill toward me. I have goodwill toward him. We're humans. We're going to disappoint each other. And nobody ever told me that either. Nobody said, hey, your spouse is going to disappoint you, and you're going to disappoint him. And I think, he's going to disappoint me. He better not disappoint me. Mm. You know, but people, we're human. We're going to disappoint, even not even meaning to disappoint, just little things we disappoint. But if you can get that in your mind and realize that humans disappoint humans, and our spouse is going to disappoint us sometimes, a lot of times in one day. Seven, you know, seven times, times 70. 70. I'm like, how, <laughs> how much is 70 times seven? Is that how many times in one day? At that point, God, can I, uh, am I done? You know, that's why I used to like, yeah. can I add that up? <laughs> you know, but. It, it, and it's so important too. Uh, there's a verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I've seen that when we don't, 
when we don't deal with it when it's happened or before. And again, sometimes, you know, you got to get to work the next morning, right? right. So you can't stay up till two in the morning fighting about it. But if there's some way that you can find to just release it, that's the cool thing about forgiveness is it doesn't depend on the other person admitting their guilt. Right. It doesn't depend on that. Yeah. You've just got to choose. You can make the decision. Like you can change the course of your life right now by saying, I'm going to forgive that person that did me wrong. And you're set free in that moment. And you don't have to wait for that. And sometimes you you don't, you know, if you came from an abusive relationship, um, they're probably never going to admit their guilt or it maybe isn't safe for you to go back to that person. So if you're dealing with unforgiveness from a previous relationship that you bring into this relationship, you need to get it dealt with because it will impact this relationship that you're in now. And, you know, God may have the, this may, this person truly may be the person of your dreams, but it can turn into a nightmare in a hurry if you're tainted with unforgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Zig Ziglar, who was one of the greatest salesmen that ever lived, always said, you can marry the right person and treat them wrong and they become the wrong person. But mm-hmm. you can marry the wrong person and treat them right and they will become the right person. And when I heard that, I thought, I mean, all these little things that we've heard, I heard that in church, believe it or not. Then I heard, you know, Pastor Jimmy, there's so many little pearls of wisdom that you hear in church. And when you start putting them all together, it starts to sink in. You start to get it. You start to realize, hey, you know what? We can do this. We can turn our marriage around through the grace of God. But he has to be the center of our marriage. He has to be. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, that's one of those giving things. One of those things about giving is that you could give, treat somebody like they're the right person. You could, that's something you can give someone is to treat them the right way and they become the right person. You know? awesome. That is so good. For more encouragement for your marriage, pick up a copy of Really, Marriage Can Get Better on Amazon.com and visit brightermarriage.com.